listening to the Females in Finance Meet the Author Show with host, male ally and author, Tony Stewart. On Meet the Author, Tony will interview diverse authors so you can discover new financial and leadership strategies for women and male allies in the financial services community. This episode is proudly presented by Paperwork. Be prepared for life. How are you, Tony Stewart? I'm doing great, Cheryl. Thanks for having me on today. Yes, I know. So we kind of flipped the, the table on you because usually you're the one in the seat interviewing the author, and today you are said author. So I'm excited for that. For those of you who are watching right now, Tony Stewart is not only the author of this amazing book, which I want to make certain we all talk about because there's going to be a funny story here. I'm going to tell you about his book and at least our family, and he's going to have an answer for that. But uh, Tony is also a financial literacy expert. He takes really complicated you know, ideas around uh, insurance and financial services and just breaks it down so everyday people can use them. So financial literacy is a big part of that. Uh, you are fairly designated out there. I think you've got two, three, maybe four uh, behind your name. And uh, Tony, I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you for this. Oh, well. Cheryl, I appreciate the opportunity. I, I just love females in finance. Yeah, it's it's been a fun group, and I've gotten to know you pretty well through this. So the first thing, how many books have you written now? I think I just released my eighth book. I love the fact that he's like, I think. I mean, I feel like that's what someone like a Brene Brown would say. Well, I think I have X amount of books. I think I have, you know, I'm over here still trying to, you know, finish up the idea behind it. What was the genesis behind writing a book like this? Because this is uh, no joke. This is at least a good, uh, almost inch thick, full financial uh, toolkit here. So talk about what went into this. Well, it's really one of those things where uh, it, it was a book that I wanted and was looking for and couldn't find. And I think that often happens with authors is you have an idea, you go looking for something for yourself and you go, I, I can't find it. So I'm going to write that book to fill that niche. Uh, its book um, was brought on. Uh, my mother passed away a couple years ago, maybe a little bit longer now. Uh, COVID is a weird year to keep track of time. Right. And we had no idea. She had just piles of documents. Uh, I'm sure a lot of us have been through that with our parents and you have to figure out what accounts there are where things are. And then I started thinking, you know, if something happens to me, you know, will my wife be able to pick up the ball? Will, will she know where all of our accounts are? Will she know the passwords to everything? And then I started thinking, no, not at all. So I figured I'd write the book, not only for myself, but that there's probably other people who are looking for a similar resource. You know, it's funny. And, and your wife's name is also Cheryl. Yep. It's a great name. I know, right? I'm like totally behind it. When I first got the book, when I um, when you sent it to me, I was like, for Cheryl, I'm like, oh, it's already for me. Look at that. <laughs> well, I should have crossed a C and made it an S and it would have been perfect. <laughs> I would have been great. So part of what uh, I wanted, the story that I kind of mentioned or alluded to at the beginning, it was when we got the book and Daryl and I sat down with the book and we're both, you know, I've been in financial services 31 years now. So this isn't my first rodeo. 
this was a lot of information. And you know what? I got to be honest. This would have been really helpful when I was young, you know, once upon a time married to someone long ago that I didn't understand a lot of the stuff that was talked about in this. Um, how long did it take you? I mean, I mean, it's kind of a joke. I realized to ask you, how long did it take you to write a book of this magnitude? But talk about that a little bit. What went well, into it? Yeah, you know, as I mentioned pre-show is anywhere from a year to my entire career uh, to write the book. Uh, the actual book took course over a few months. Uh, however, a lot of the information is information that I already had is partially written as articles, uh, but it's one of those things and uh, other authors can identify with this is once you get on a roll and you find your framework, uh, writing actually becomes very easy. Uh, when, when you're writing something that you're really interested in. And I thought this was a topic that was just fascinating to write about. I just have to put this up here because this message is from Dr. Ed Llewellyn. No, Dr. Ed, I was, wish I was too. <laughs> but <he's> watching. <laughs> so a big shout out to Ed Llewellyn in Texas, the great state of Texas. I'm glad you're here. Feel free to add some comments and questions for our expert here, Tony Stewart. So tell us what the, the Get Ready stands for as well, because it actually has a meaning. Well, Get Ready stands for, uh, it breaks down to G is for goals, E is for educate yourself. Uh, I, I feel that the most powerful tool people can have in financial literacy and for us as financial services is to have educated consumers is as an advisor, if I have a client who's educated about the product or financial service that they're engaging with, is they're more likely to be a client for the long term because they're happy with the financial product because they made a choice that they fully understand. Um, so I, I think that's an important one for us in the financial services community. T is for track. Uh, R is, uh, oh, well, you don't have to go through all my mind, but, but I was putting you, you on know, but that's, there. But the, the biggest ones that are important to me is exactly what you started with, the goals, the education, and the tracking. So that's a lot of the – it's funny when I talk about, you know, relationship building, they're actually very similar. I think there's a lot of, of synergies within that, too, because if you're not paying attention to some – you know, having a process behind it. And uh, one of the things that I'm – personally curious about because I know that you're a very big a finlet a financial literacy a guru expert ninja warrior they always have a name and you really stay within that realm of professionals how does the work that you're doing with a book like get ready um in any of the actual the consulting work that you're doing you know how do people you know where does that fit in financial services today so we have a lot of financial service professionals in this group, insurance people, which you and I are of, and financial planners and bankers, et cetera. How does uh, what the work you're doing fit within the expertise that's here today? Well, I, I think how it fits is um, as an insurance consultant, I worked predominantly on behalf of uh, financial planners, uh, fee-based uh, wealth managers, and with attorneys. And what I often found is 
that they don't know everything about everything and the best uh, wealth managers know that. So they're always looking to fill in areas on the knowledge spectrum that they're not familiar with. And what I tried to do and get ready is provide a short synopsis of basically every financial topic I could think of. Uh, but to go further that and to help people find resources to go deeper, uh, to learn more is I don't know the answers to everything and most people don't. Uh, however, what I could do is provide people the resources. Like if they wanna know about social security, start off at the social security administration website, get your social security earnings report so you can talk to your financial advisor about that. So that's where I see it as a gap between financial planners. Um, the other thing that I heard consistently over fina uh, from financial planners over the years is having their clients get their documents together and keep them together is one of the more challenging parts of being a financial planner. So I want to help them have a tool to help their clients get their financial documents together so that when they meet with the financial planner, they can optimize their time with the financial planner. Right. And I, I have to chime in on that because a lot of times I can tell you from working in financial services, we think, oh, you need to get your documentation. And they're like, oh, what's the documentation? I don't know what I really need to do. And, or they think, oh, that must be that 401k statement or that 403b thing from school or whatever it might be like that. And there's so much more to it. And I have to tell you, even as, so when you said this, going back, when, when you, when you sent me the book and you can tell we haven't yet written in the book and I have to tell you why there's an argument at the Hickerson household, because we're like, you know, Daryl's over there, like, write in the book. And I'm like, don't write in the book, don't write in the book. You know, cause it's like so pristine and it's such a great book. And I found that the reason why I, as I sort of, uh, cause you and I were talking pre-show about why did I not just write in the book? Cause I write in every other book I own, you know? Um, I think it's because I have already photocopied several pages in it. Photocopied. Boy, did I just age myself? I, I scanned several pages and I sent them to my son because I was like, hey, you're getting ready to, you know, do your house or buy your new home. You have a section on that. Um, you know, whenever you had kids, you have a section on, you know, education. Is There's a section. So I found that that was my, you know, holding back. But to your point, putting something together such as this with a tool where you have like all your documents together. And I, for every person on here who's watching, who's saying go 100% electronic. Uh-huh. All right. Well, have you met the rest of the world? Because they're not there. Okay. We're, we're, we're struggling. We're still trying to get people off of mute on Zoom. Come on. <laughs> so we still need some tangible and it was funny i was talking to julie mcneely last friday and she and i were on the phone and she said there is a i agree and i and i'm sure with dr llewellyn watching there's a neuroscience to writing it there's to putting it down and onto the paper would you agree with all that that people still want to have the tangible a hundred percent and that's why i went with a paper one and also again you know some of it started out with myself and my situation. Um, and unfortunately, for those of us that, who work in the insurance industry, some insurance companies, heck, they're still using fax machines. 
<laughs> to send stuff out. I think insurance companies are the only ones who still own fax machines, but paper is still here across a lot of our lives. And I think there's something to it. And I think the other thing that financial planners can also identify with and insurance agents can identify with is clients are not always forthcoming about all of their assets or insurance policies. And this is a way for the clients to gather that information and maybe give the financial planner an aggregate overview when they don't want to disclose all the particular details. I know it's a financial planner, it's optimal to have all of the information about everything. The reality is most people want to parcel out the information that they give to different advisors and people process in different ways. As, as you mentioned, some people are much more comfortable putting in things in writing. Some people are much more comfortable going digital and some people go hybrid and some people just use a box. They do the proverbial box. And I can tell you from working insurance, a lot of times people used to come in with a box, like old, I say old times, but I mean, the 90s really were like 30 years ago. They would come in and they'd bring a box into, I want you to imagine, I used to sit in estate planning meetings with very wealthy people who even had a box. They would come yeah. in and they would, you know, it was a nicer banker box that they would come in not the maybe old crappy whatever box that we had at home, but the box theory really does work. And I want when I talk about how this book covers everything, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, besides the fact that chapter two alone talks about this creating your financial first aid kit and allows you to really break it down, not only by the papers and the documents, um, but you also talk about children, grandchildren, pets, military, uh, your membership clubs, your digital life. Thank you for somebody like me who works in, uh, you know, digital media and talks about, you know, digital marketing, because it is one of the things that people forget about reward loyalty programs. You really get granular. I mean, you're really in the weeds. I remember I was at an estate planning conference and uh, not that long ago, pre-COVID, that I was sitting in the audience and the gentleman on the stage said, a lot of times people come into offices and oftentimes have long since forgotten how much money they've put into, for example, uh, maybe a Kindle account in all their books. And it's a lot. Let me tell you, it's a lot. Apple, how many downloads that they've had, you know, for music and such. And so the fact that you took it to that degree shows you the value of something like this in a financial service professional's office. Who's this book written for? Well, it's basically written for everyone. However, it's really written for the person who is interested in making sure that they themselves have access to all of their information. Because like you said, I, for, you know, I might forget that I have a certain account over here. Um, but it's really also as in estate planning and in life insurance, you're doing it for those you leave behind. Um, as I mentioned, it's for my wife and my son so that they know how not only what I have, but they also are going to know how to access it. I include, you know, put in your login credentials, put in your secret questions. Um, and to some degree, that's more secure on paper. Um, unless a burglar is going to sneak in and uh, steal your copy of Get Ready, which I kind of doubt. Uh, 
could happen, but that's the reality is that they need to know all of that stuff, you know, in order for that to pass on. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't do you any good to have that because the ones you leave behind won't have access to it. Exactly. And, you know, this book, like I said, um, I have to, I'm going to put something on the screen here so that people can see this. Tony needs to charge more for the book. I agree with that <laughs> comment because there is an amazing amount. Friends, you, you have to understand that the thing that really excited my husband in this, because my husband works a lot in the debt space. He started off, he does insurance, he does estate plan documentation. But debt has really become where his, we all have sort of that niche space. You think, you know, debt, you call Daryl. All right. So, and he really helps people get out of debt and understand their budgets and what they can do. Your chapter seven organizes that debt all the way down because he's very honed in on the unsecured debt. How, because he can restructure it and work that. This is what I'm explaining to financial service professionals today who are watching that you might have a very specific niche of expertise. Tony, you've written something about it. I mean, this is so succinct. And I walk through the book and I'm like, you know, if you don't know how to do something, I can pick up Tony's book. And so it doesn't leave. You know, I've got my secret stash of books. You've seen me pull them out. Mm -hmm. You and I've done a lot of calls together. And I'm like, oh, and I reach over and I pull that out. This book never leaves it because Fantastic. yeah and so i think that that's really powerful how do um how do you how are you working with uh you know professionals today when it comes to not just your book but you know your overall work talk about that well uh the way i work with uh professionals i'm no longer uh directly consulting i am going to be starting to do some online video coaching and consulting but more doing webinars for firms, uh, webinars for employers, and uh, for different organizations um, on a couple topics. Predominantly is how to get financially organized and how to create your financial first aid kit. But the other thing that I think is even a bigger topic, because there are other financial organizers that are similar to Get Ready. Of course, I'm a little bit biased and think Get Ready is uh, the optimal uh, product, but there are other similar ones out there. But I've created a new book, the Get Ready uh, Monthly Personal Finance Guidebook using a financial calendar. And that helps people stay on track. So like one month, review your debts and expenses. And the next month, review your insurance. And then, then you go and review the beneficiaries on all your different estate plan and retirement accounts. So it, the idea is that it helps people keep on track and that I am giving that type of presentation to financial planning firms. Um, I can give it to their clients, uh, financial service companies. And so that it helps them stay in front and manage the client relationship, um, especially in areas where it may not be their specialty, but yet they're still you know, as every advisor, you want to help manage the client relationship. And so it, the, the goal is that Get Ready helps you stay in control of the client relationship. And you know, where I was just thinking too, was where those professionals who have maybe a minimum of net worth and up, right? 
I really believe that you're in a special space where you help with the median and maybe even, you know, below that too, because it fulfill a need, um, maybe connecting to you for that environment as well, because they're trying to get to that discretionary income source to invest more, to buy more insurance, et cetera. And you can't do it until you're ready, until you get ready. I mean, quite frankly. Uh, that's one of the things we're very dependent upon is depending on where our area of expertise in financial services lies, right? Is the discretionary income source. Um, honestly, this is, you know, the book is so powerful to me because as I mentioned, you can just pretty much, I, I actually one day when, <laughs> and you've got follow-up worksheets to this friends. So that, you know, it's not, I mean, so they already have this, but wait, there's more. You have follow-up worksheet books uh, that you also sell. Um, I have one. I have one, but my husband's walked off with it because he's with <laughs> a client. It's the true story. I can't even make it up. So, uh, but talk about the other worksheet, the guidebooks and stuff that you have. So the guidebook is uh, was a side project that came out of Get Ready. Um, I created what I called the Get Ready Financial Calendar because the other big thing that I've seen in my career in financial services is that so often it's a one and done transaction. Somebody goes in and gets their estate plan done. Somebody goes in and buys their insurance policy, but life changes and things change. And I, I wanted a way for people to easily be able to either guide their clients or, you know, if they're the consumer themselves is to walk through all areas of their financial life and to continuously review that. And that's, you know, as I mentioned earlier is, you know, one month has a theme about, you know, checking your financial first aid kit, updating your documents. One month it's checking your insurance. Uh, one month is courses, getting your stuff ready for taxes and thinking about the thing. But it's one of those things where I try to bring in things that people don't always think about. If you own a house, are you eligible for a property tax reassessment? Now that may not apply in all areas, but in California, you can apply for a property tax reassessment if there's been a decline in your property value. And that's important right now is because in some areas of the country, housing prices have declined as a result of COVID-19. So I try to bring in those things um, and I use the first aid system and uh, the first aid system, there's something called the patient assessment system that first responders use. And it walks you through a subjective, it's called a SOAP report, subjective, objective, assessment and plan. Subjective is you know, how you think you're doing with something. Objective is you know, like your net worth statement. That's objective, that's, that's where you are. Your assessment is like, well, you know, I have too much debt, so maybe I'm going to call Daryl. And then your plan is like, okay, my plan is to call Daryl and to work out my debt. I'm, I'm picking on Daryl since we've started talking about him, but that's what it does is that each month it allows people to assess an area of their financial plan, not only to assess it and see where they're at, but also to make a plan with any tweaks that they want to do and then they can reach out to the appropriate uh professional if it's their estate plan they they have a new grandchild they can update their estate plan if they've built a new deck on their house they can call their homeowners insurance so 
it's not the answer to everything, but it helps people find out, okay, I, I need to call the appropriate person or do the appropriate research in that area. I love this. You, um, you and I both podcast quite a bit. Uh, and I would like for you to talk about the podcasting you do, because you're going to see how all of this ties together with the individuals um, and the companies that you're focused on in your podcast. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, on my well, one, I'm honored because I host the Females in Finance Meet the Author series, which is just a lot of fun. And I get to meet uh, and have conversations with great authors who fill in specific areas like one of our prior guests was Terrell Dinkins who talked about 800 credit score you know and how to get an 800 credit score and maintain it and so you know what I try to do is fill in the spectrum particularly on my podcast is to have in experts like Terrell Dinkins who speak to a specific area because there's so many people doing so much great work in the personal finance area. They've written great books. They have interesting podcasts where, you know, I can say, okay, yeah, I'm going to have in a guest who's a specialist on budgets and we're going to talk about budgets. And on my podcast is I'm not only going to introduce the concept of budgets, but I'm going to uh, introduce that person's philosophy and values. And so that when somebody is listening to the podcast is they'll be able to say, okay, you know, I'm going to go check out this person's stuff because, you know, let's say with Cheryl's podcast is I like Cheryl's style. It speaks to me. It resonates with me. And I think that's one of the more challenging things. There's so much personal finance content out there that people are overwhelmed because they can pick up 20 different, well, probably 2000 different books on how to create a budget. Um, but they can't find the one that's the right fit for them. And so often they buy a book or they're listening to a podcast and they're going, yeah, you know, this just isn't really me. So I want to help people find that person or that resource that's going to resonate with them so that they complete that area of their financial life and so that they can be prepared. Um, I, Kristen Andre said uh, with her book is you're not for everyone, but everyone is, oh, gosh, I can't remember the name. Cheryl, do you remember the name of her book? Yeah, so it was um, your, uh, you know, you can be for everyone, you know, and not be. Oh. But not, you're not head. for everyone. You're not for everyone, but you can be for everyone. They had it backwards there. Exactly. And that's my philosophy is, but, you know, people have to find out who is for them. Who's who's that right fit? Who do they want to yeah. listen to or read their materials? Yeah. And I think that that's so true. And, you know, personal finance really needs to be focused on the word personal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to be as, as polite as I possibly can, but you're talking about people's money. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of information you can put in front of somebody, but in the end, their money story also kind of plays into this. Like, you know, why are we not more aware of this or whatever? I'll, I'll just to give an example. And I think that this is where your book really makes and um, takes a lot of shame, like the Brene Brown part of the book that you put into this um, because it's so factual and it's so um, 
mindful is of putting things in front of people. I know that oftentimes in our home, when we talk about debt because of my husband's work is he feels so bad for the people who feel shame around. They didn't save enough. They didn't have, um, they had a lot of debt. He gets a lot of the debt and things like that. Right. But I think what's really great about your book is that you give a lot of uh, examples of things of how to find the information. They find it and it, and it and it presents it in such a matter of fact way that they can now look at it as objectively as they possibly can. Because um, that's tough, right? But mm-hmm. um, it, I think this is where people can look at it and go, well, I did do better than I thought or not doing as well as I thought. And they can have that conversation with a professional and it be loving. You know what I mean? I mean, it's you. It's hard to, for me to even describe that how useful this really is in my husband's practice in, like I said, in our own personal home, because it takes away some of the shame because you're making it very factual. Like, this is what it is. This is where you put the money. This is what you do. And then I think this is where financial service professionals can come back and say, okay, great. And I do think there's probably needs to be some um, education around how to s- finesse that conversation. Cause I think sometimes people don't, but you know, have you found that in your in financial literacy exploration and your dialogues with others, um, you know, how are we doing with, you know, taking information like this and disseminating it in a way that's loving back to them and being helpful. Does that make sense? Because there's kind of, I know it sounds kind of, you know, foo-foo, guru, juju. I don't oh, know. Yeah, well, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's become one of my standard questions that I ask people in the uh, my podcast is, what do you feel can be improved in financial literacy? Um, Cheryl's, you know, financial literacy has been around for decades, and yet there's not a higher degree of financial literacy in this country. It's just a few people have absorbed it, but it's not really hit home with people. And I think that financial educators, people in the financial planning community really are still talking about what we want to talk about rather than what people want to hear about and where they're at. And that's why I tried to make this judgment free is that, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you are because that's where you are and you can't do anything about that. The only choices you can make are the choices for tomorrow. And my philosophy has always been that I want people to be educated enough so that they're making the choices that feel right for them. They may not always be making the best choices and I can try to guide them. Um, as an advisor, of course, if they want to do something I completely disagreed with, uh, you know, I would not work with them anymore. But for the most part, you know, I, I wanted them to be able to choose for themselves. And I think that's something that we miss in the financial services world is that every product and service is not right for somebody. And we have to bring into context and look at it from somebody else's lens, uh, from the consumer's lens and how they're viewing it. And when they look at a financial plan and a financial planner, you know, they got a 20 page, 100 page financial plan. It's a fantastic financial plan. It's sound. 
but they look at it, they don't read it. Uh, we all know that. Uh, you know, there's a few clients uh, who will read through their financial plan or their insurance illustration that's 25 pages long. Uh, but for the most part, they don't. They'll look at what the premium is and the death benefit, and that's as far as they get. So I, I think that we need to create that bridge where we're helping people become interested in what we're talking about. And it does get into psychology and philosophy. I've talked to a lot of people, especially, you know, and also on the Females in Finance Meet the Author show about the psychology of money, because I think that's where we're really going to make a difference is in the mindset. We had uh, the breakout uh, book session on uh, Badass and the Buddha, if I have it right, and or Buddha and the Badass. The Buddha and, and the Badass, Vishen yep. Lakiani, yep. It, exactly, and that's all about the, the mindset. And I think that's the piece that's really been miss, missing in financial education. Yeah, people need to reduce their debt. I think people understand that abstractly that they need to reduce their debt, but it's not resonating with them. And you know, I, I have to add this, even though it doesn't it shows, it's uh, Diane uh, Renton Boyle. Hi there. She's with Neva, one of my oh, little besties over at Neva. And this comment about putting personal and personal finance that I mentioned earlier, I want to share an idea with everybody watching right now. And, and I want you to chime in, Tony, with your, your area of expertise in this. One of the arguments has been over time, um, oh, people who are personal finance aren't designated to be giving money advice on things because they didn't go to schools and they didn't do the things that, you know, and I get that part of the conversation way more than people probably realize as somebody who's gone through and holds, uh, you know, certifications and licenses and stuff. But I think this sentence of putting the personal in personal finance, they're doing that part of it. And that's why they're being successful. A good example of that here locally in St. Louis is Daisha Kennedy with Broke Black Girl. Daisha has this phenomenal following. And when I say phenomenal, so we are very clear, you're talking about a woman who, uh, very young, she saved, uh, got herself out of debt, saved a bunch of money and decided to start telling other women of color, people of color on how to do it themselves. She now has a Facebook group, very similar to Females of Finance, where she's working with um, directly to consumers on uh, 60,000 plus members of how to do what she did. Because to your point, you just said, Tony, that we're not very subjective when it comes to information, right? It's like, I know that I'm supposed to maybe not, I'm supposed to exercise every day, but am I doing it? You know, I'm not doing it. Do I know I should do that? Yes. So what Daisha is doing, which I think is fabulous. And I know that Bolas and Kubi does that too with Clever Girl Finance. I know that, um, kind uh, of she does the same thing with wealth over now this is where they're taking the idea the abstracts if you will and they're making them much more subjective to the person because honestly i know that sally crotchick made the comment about you know it's not about the latte well she said it's not about the effing latte for being really honest and but you know what it is it's not about that latte 
It's about that latte times all the other problems that somebody has, and that's personal finance. And I think that the ones who are doing really well with it, it's resonating because they're getting personal with people. And I think that's what's missing in our more designated, higher, or I think we need to get more personal with people. I don't know if you agree with that or if you're finding that when you're interviewing people on your podcast. A hundred percent is, I, I think that, um, yeah, financial samurai comes to mind and Mr. Money yeah. Mustache and uh, some of these others is that they're telling their stories, that it's about storytelling. Uh, they're making it approachable. Uh, they don't have the product expertise that we bring um, in the financial services industry that we need to bridge. You know, that's why I want to make these complex topics simple so that people could talk about it. You know, my philosophy when I was selling insurance is that I wanted somebody to understand it so well that they could explain it to somebody else. That's when I knew that I had a good job and I had a client who was going to be committed to whatever I was proposing for the long term because they they could understand and process it. And that gets into storytelling, that gets into breaking down the jargon that we use in the financial planning world is because factually, you know, just like Cheryl said, is we all know that we need to get out and exercise. We all know that maybe we need to take five or 10 pounds off. We know that, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's it's too factual yeah. that there's not a story in it that resonates with us. Yeah, and I think that that's and that's where you know you working in financial literacy world, um, you work with the Sam, you know, Rennick with um, you know Sammy Rabbit. More people know him as Sammy Rabbit um, and interviewing and, and doing that kind of uh, work. It just becomes really powerful. You're able to just, I think, make a better um, you're a, a better push in that. And I do think it's where books like this is, a you know, in, in personal finance. I mean, this is personal finance because regardless of all the work that we're doing out there in financial services, someone can purchase this book and just read through what you've written and do some of their personal finance work on their own. True? A 100%. And it's to get people, you know, and part of it was to be that bridge for people who either cannot afford a financial planner, or they don't know which financial planner to call, or they want to be prepared for a financial planner so that they can maximize the time they spend with a financial planner. Yeah. Uh, the, there's, there's lots of areas where people are not going to have a financial planner. Um, either it could be, as you mentioned, asset-based. They don't have the assets to um, work with the uh, top financial planners. Um, financial planners have to make a living and everybody's got to charge a minimum rate that pays for their office space and their living expenses. And that's the thing. I want to create something that created a base for people, but there will also be a useful tool from what I always heard from financial planners is like, okay, my clients just don't have their documents together and I just can't get them to bring in all their statements. Yeah. And I, I think that's the one thing everybody in the financial services industry can say, that's such a big pain. I asked my clients to send me something and they don't send it. And I asked for it again and they don't send it. And they go, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. My life insurance policy, I haven't seen that in 20 years. I have what no is idea. that? Yeah. Yeah, Do exactly. I don't know if I have it. 
I love it. Um, one of the things I have to put on here, so this is funny. So Diane Renton-Boyle just said, can they explain to someone else, guess whose 22-year-old kid is getting a copy of Tony's book in their stocking? It just ordered. So exactly. And I appreciate this, Diane. And you know what? I got I, I to gotta tell you, one of the things that I sit back as a marketer, so I got to tell you, anybody watching this, the way this book, I see it for me for even, and that's how Daryl saw it too, was he can get this book. He can send it to his client, okay? And then you do have resources on your website that shore up to the book. And so this is where we get to work together with you and say, okay, we sent you the book and what I want you to be focused on this week. And you can even make little mini Finlet modules, if you would, based on Tony's book in your own office. So I'm like giving you guys ideas how to make money here, everybody. Um, you can go through and put together class structure based on he's given you the book. It's like right here on how to do that. So just getting the book for yourself, uh, for your families, I think is dynamite. We That's what we're, you know, um, even like I said, when he walked off of that, I'm like, well, I'm just going to get Daryl's own copies because he keeps walking off of mine. But, you know, I do think that this is where they could be working with you, Tony, more on ways to monetize even more in their own practice based on the principles of what you teach in this book. Is that fact? Oh, that's completely fact is I think it helps an advisor cement their relationship by providing additional value to their clients where their clients say, wow, you know, is I, I got the financial plan um, and I am able to see where the financial plan fits into the broader spectrum of what I'm doing. And this helps me to understand the components of my financial plan. And then the idea for me is from being in the financial services industry is it's something I wish every one of my clients had filled out. So I don't have to go back to them, as I mentioned five yeah. times and say, okay, do you have a disability insurance policy? Do you know what your group disability insurance is? You know, and, they never have a clue. You I mean, who, who, do the, who do I have to call? And so in the book, I mentioned, okay, well, if you're looking at your group disability insurance, you contact your HR person, or nowadays you go on your website and uh, your company's website and find the HR department. So I think from that aspect is it helps people get pointed again in the right direction, but it's really cementing that client relationship because as a financial planner, you can tell people, okay, if you have, if you get a new insurance policy or something else that's not related to them, or you update your estate plan, make a note in your book, make a note in the financial planner, and uh, and get ready. And then the next time you meet with me, we can discuss what you did with your estate plan, and I can make sure that all of your accounts are updated to have those people as beneficiaries if there's new kids or a new trust or whatever happened with the estate plan. So that's. That's the thing I think as financial planners, there's so many pieces to keep track of um, that are happening in our clients' lives that this is a way where you're going to get the new information from your clients to make sure. And then, you know, okay, here's the sales tip. If you're an insurance agent, hey, it might be time for them to reevaluate their insurance needs because they're making more money. They need more disability income insurance or they have parents who are aging and they're concerned about taking care of their parents. Maybe it's time to look at long-term care insurance. So I, I think it's something that works for everybody. 
um, the clients uh, regard it as something that's incredibly helpful in their lives. Like I put it, one of the things that it's super helpful, have we all ever applied for a mortgage and your mortgage broker sends you a long list of things that they need and you go, okay, where the heck is that yeah. statement? You know, um, you know, this helps provide a way, you know, where you go, okay, why well, keep my 401k statements here? So I can find them for myself when I'm applying for that mortgage and it won't be such a headache to apply for a refi. Yeah. And I noticed that uh, Dr. Ed said, the more emotion you can tie to an activity, the more they will act. Think about how good it will feel when you lose the 20 pounds and your spouse starts treating you like when you were dating. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So it can be the same in finances. Think about how good it's going to feel when you gain that 20% in your, uh, you know, your account and can start going out and doing some of those trips and the things that people want to be able to do outside of COVID. You know how that goes. Um, no, I think this is great. And as I'm sitting here, I mean, I'm just thinking, because, you know, I never can turn my marketer brain off. It's one of the things when Tony and I spend time together talking, I'm like, what'd you think about this? What'd you think about that? What about him? I was like, oh, gosh, I tend to overwhelm people. But for me, I'm like, man, this is such a fabulous book. And there's just so much here that you can be doing and making more money, because I'm always about let's everybody make some more money. I think that that's great. Uh, talk about the website. What's on the website and what can people get out of that to make certain that they get the most out of your book? So what I have on the website, it's called the Get Ready Toolkit. If you go to TonyStewart.com, uh, there's a big button that says Get Access to the Get Ready Toolkit. And they can find all the fillable worksheets uh, or fillable editions of the worksheets they can download as a PDF. Um, in the next week or so, they'll be able to download Excel worksheets um, of all uh, the worksheets in the book. Um, I have some other things in there. There's a credit report monitoring worksheet. You know, we tell our clients to get a credit report, but we don't tell them what to do with a credit report, how to read it. Um, so I have a worksheet for that. Um, one of the things that I think is the most fun thing is an unclaimed money worksheet. And I've taken pretty much every resource that I could find where people can look for unclaimed property. And, you know, I, I figured that's a great resource for people, you know, to find, hey, you know, I had that, like, I think we talked about earlier in the show, I have that old bank account, I forgot, or I have a retirement account at my first employer. And boy, there's $5,000. It's still, I have found stuff on that. That's real stuff, friends. Oh, definitely. I can't remember how many billions of dollars of unclaimed property there is um, in the United States. And so there's different worksheets like that. I've even uploaded um, some of the Sammy Rabbit uh, activity books for people's kids to start on the financial literacy uh, journey. Even as financial planners, it's like, okay, I can't teach my kids about, you know, uh, the Monte Carlo analysis, that's probably a little bit advanced for a five-year-old, but I can start teaching them about saving money. And so that's in uh, the Get Ready Toolkit. And then, of course, every week they get my Get Ready uh, Financial Preparedness Newsletter, where I talk about that month's action item, uh, cover the podcast, and then uh, some recommended reading that I find across the web that's personal finance related. This is amazing. 
Honestly, this is amazing. I am always in awe of you. We talk about this. This isn't the first time I say that to you, and you know that. And uh, I just think you're just a wealth of knowledge. And I encourage anybody who's watching this to reach out and talk to Tony. Make an appointment, chat with him, go to his site, buy his book. This is this is unbelievable. I do think you need to charge more. This is unbelievable. Um, but no, I think this is great. And what about some, any, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. What would you say, <clears throat> as we get ready to part, what would you say are some of the areas that out of the book, out of everything in here, not just the most important, because I feel like there's a lot of sections depending on that's, that's too subjective to the situation. But what's the part, part, the thing that one thing that maybe people don't do enough of? In my our world, what we're finding is things like people still, we can sit there and tell them all day long about beneficiary designations. Please go check them. And they don't. So I don't know if you have something in this book that, you know, if you really want to get something, uh, you know, get somebody started on something that's going to be most impactful or whatever, or they miss this and they shouldn't, what would you say it is? Well, I, I think the big thing is, of course, there's always to get started is always the first thing is that first step. But I think the concept that I put into the book is it's modeled, uh, uh, taught wilderness first response medicine for a number of years. And as a wilderness first responder, you have a system to make sure you don't miss anything. And the first part of the system is to not rush into a situation, is to put some thought. Uh, we always called it, put your hands in your pockets because you can't do anything if you have your hands in your pockets. Take a deep breath, remain calm, and then follow your system. And if you trust in your system, then you're gonna be able to deal with a situation where you may have, you know, in the first aid world where you have multiple uh, people who need help, um, multiple patients, you may deal with any circumstance, but you're following your system, you're following your checklist, and that's the thing is you don't have to go through the Get Ready Planner in order. Uh, it's great if you do, but it's modular, so you can do whatever sections you choose to in whichever order you want to. But the thing is, is that if you go through it completely, there's worksheets that are not going to apply to you. All of us don't have stock options. Um, for example, but that it provides you a system. And if you have a system and a checklist, that that provides, I think, some psychological relief because you don't have to go, mm. oh boy, did I remember that? And as Cheryl mentioned is, yeah, I got a little bit exhaustive in there. But the reason I did that was purposeful is so that people wouldn't forget something because, you know, I know some insurance agents who have their own plane. What's going to happen with their plane? if something happens to them. Uh, you know, flown at MDRT meetings with people who have their own plane and that's a lot of fun, but you know, that's not something that they may think about. And we may not know, let's say as a property and casualty person, that, my that your client has a plane. Uh, so, you know, that's it. It's a system that helps you to not miss anything and to go through everything. And I think it gets back to that, making it approachable for people is that, there's no judgment, you know, you go through debts, you go through assets, you go through your compensation, whatever you go through, it's just what you're going through at that moment. It's not a big deal. So you remove 
the stigma. There's so many stigmas that we all have about finances and money, uh, you know, where we don't talk about money and we don't have those money conversations. Then I know it was financial planners. I think the other thing too is that we have to encourage is families, intergenerations to have those conversations, have a conversation with your parents who are aging to see what their wishes are, see where their bank accounts are, or where they've left some information. We need to tell our children that. We need to tell our domestic partners that. Um, you know, that, that that's it, is that you have to have a system. You have to understand the system. You have to trust the system. I love that. I love that so, so, so much. I do have to share something. It's not funny, but you're going to laugh. <laughs> Buy the book before he raises it. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? This is the kind of community we have here. We all take care oh. of one another. This is, I love it. I love well, it. I appreciate it. The, it. the book is purposely priced at a price that I want to make it affordable for people, but it is in the hopes that people, and, and this has happened quite often, and I've had people write in uh, and tell me that they've bought it for multiple members of their family. So I wanted to make it a book that everybody can purchase it's less than twenty dollars there's no way that you can say no to it it's cheaper than a starbucks frappuccino well maybe not quite cheaper than a starbucks frappuccino. cheaper than two maybe two and a half starbucks frappuccinos exactly and if you're going to buy a starbucks frappuccino for your friend you might as well buy them a copy of get ready and that's what i'm hoping is that people don't only buy it for themselves but that they buy it for others and so i want to make it approachable I think I'm going to have to just buy this for my son. He he bought a house uh, a couple of years ago. I'm really proud of my boy. He's 32, his wife and him, three kids. And as I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking, much like Diane's point, you know, I just think that he needs to have this as a good reminder because sometimes it's suggestive as well, right, Tony, that you look at it and go, well, I haven't done anything about that. And it kind of plants the seed of, I really should be having that dialogue or I really should be doing something about that. And, and, uh, and in our house, and I wish my son, Justin were watching, I'd be like, I'm going to buy this so that you're not a ding dong anymore. You will know what you have to do. And that's our little love thing that we say to each other. We're like, don't do that. You're being a ding dong. Uh, but this is great, Tony. I really am grateful all for what you do in, not just in our community of supporting and, you know, feminine diverse talent, but, you know, the work that you're doing in the library and giving a voice to the authors and the group, um, giving our community just 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 more culture and assistance, just everything about you. I, I adore and you know that. And this is fabulous work. Good job, Tony. Well, thank you. Well, and thanks for having me on today. And I, I'm just honored to be part of this community. I've met so many just amazing people. I just you know, you're a great bunch of people. And uh, of course, you can all go out and buy the book and I won't be hurt. <laughs> so. No, they should do that. Definitely. All right. With that, we will wrap up. We'll make certain that there is going to be ways for you to connect with Tony because he's not going away. He's uh, very active in our group. We will have this added to YouTube as well. So if you're watching on YouTube, yay, good job. It's there. And uh, look forward to your next Meet the Author, which I think you have one. We won't have one next week because it's holiday. It's Thanksgiving. But the week after that, I believe we have scheduled. Yep, we have Brian Haney coming on. 
Mr. Brian Haney, Shine. It's a you know he just had a birthday, so if, definitely if he's watching this on replay, we're still talking about you, dude. So <laughs> forever. So with that, I will end. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Looking for more information about today's author, or interested in joining the Females and Finance Networking Community? Be sure to subscribe at www.femalesandfinance.com.